Overcoming Monday listeners. I hope you're doing wonderful today. If you've been uh, listening to the podcast recently, you have noticed that I started a study on the book of Acts. Well, I'm about to take you for another giant turn. Um, I felt like every time I started teaching on Acts, I kept hopping back to Luke and feeling like I was referring to Luke over and over again. That is the gospel of Luke. And so I felt like it just, um, maybe I was doing a disservice uh, to everyone by not starting in Luke. Plus, to let you know, I actually took a class this semester on Jesus and the gospels and I loved it. And so I just thought to myself, why did I start in Acts? I need to hop back and start in Luke. Here's the great thing. Everything that we learned about Acts, um, all of the introduction, all of the stuff about the prologue and who is the author, it applies to the book of Luke, to the gospel of Luke in the Bible, because they're the same authors. So what I've decided to do is to hop back and start in Luke so that when we get to Acts, there will be things that you've heard along the way um, that we can just kind of clue into um, and key into so that you already have that foundation. So hope that's okay with you. Um, that's what we're going to do. So this morning, what I'm going to do first is just read the prologue. Um, because you guys have been studying Acts, we have almost looked at the prologue of both of them, or you should have looked at the prologue of both of them together. But in case you didn't do the last few episodes, I just want to read the pro prologue so that we know where we are. So in Luke 1, 1 through 4, it says, um, I'm reading from the ESV, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty of the things you have been taught. So Luke is writing this. Um, if you're curious about who Luke is, you can go back and listen to the last few episodes that we've covered on the book of Acts, um, but on the teachings. But anyway, Luke is writing to a person, probably a patron who's paying him um, to write the gospel of Luke and even Acts so that um, Theophilus will have assurance uh, of the things he's been taught. So what are these things that he's been taught? He's been taught uh, about Jesus. Um, even what Luke is referring to is that he's going to compile a narrative. So what he means is that he's going to write a story, but he's not writing a story like it's fictitious. He's writing a story as, it's, as if it's history, and he's writing a story to provide proof. And he's using eyewitnesses and is using previous accounts. So those accounts would be uh, the gospel of Mark and most likely the gospel of Matthew. Some believe in this thing called a Q source. I'm not really sure what I think about it, but because we're not really sure if there was this thing called a Q source, which would have met, uh, been um, another source that maybe provided some of the information that Luke includes that aren't in Matthew and Mark. Um, people have labeled this a Q source, just kind of like 
things written down about Jesus in this one source, but nobody really has it. It's just a theory that possibly another source was um, was traveling around, was going around to the different churches. So I don't really go on that supposition. Possibly you do, and there's nothing wrong with it. But all that to say, Luke is saying, I'm writing this book based on what we have in Mark and based on what we have basically in Matthew and any of the eyewitnesses, people that he interviewed, um, that may have given him information to write this gospel. And his point is that he has followed all of this stuff, the life of Jesus and the church, uh, very closely for some time past so that he can write this account so that we can have proof of the things that have happened. And what he means is that Jesus came um, that he lived, that he ministered, and then that he uh, died and was resurrected. And then, so that is the story of Luke. And then he continues the story of Jesus and believers in, the, in Acts. So here we are right now after this prologue. This is how the beginning of Luke starts. And what I want to talk about today is basically how he starts out the first three chapters. And I'm just going to give you an overarching idea, and then we'll kind of walk into the details in the next few podcasts. But I want to show you the overarching, if you want to look at this as kind of your outline, um, maybe giving you, you know, if you look up on GPS and you're saying, where do I want to go? It's the highlighted like turns that you're going to take. It's these um, basic main points and the way that Luke is carrying the narrative and what he's addressing in these first few chapters, chapters one through three. So I would say this may, you may liken it to the first act, right? So my professor this semester was saying that the Bible is often divided up and these narratives are divided up into acts. And then you have kind of like a drama or play, an act with many acts and many scenes in between that illuminate what that act is all about. I hope that makes sense. So what we're going to talk about is basically what Luke is doing when he's setting up the story, his gospel story. And what I notice is that he's jumping back and forth from John the Baptist to Jesus, to Mary and Elizabeth, then back to John, then to Jesus. And then you see John and Jesus together in the beginning of the third chapter. So we're going to talk about this and why Luke does this. I have a friend and um, her name is Shauna Asbell and she has a daughter named Kylie and Kylie, uh, she's just amazing um, at thinking at things through mechanically. And so she's just this amazing braider. She does these wonderful braids and she'll, you, you can't even imagine she, she'll just watch a video and then someone will sit in front of her and she can just make it happen. And so, but what I noticed in watching this time-lapse video of, um, Kylie braiding, Shauna sent me this video and Kylie's braiding this girl's hair and what I notice is all the details and all the things that go behind the braid. <laughs> if you look at the surface level of the braid, it's very beautiful. I mean, you see the outside, it's well-crafted, but underneath and behind is what makes that outside look beautiful. This is what I see Luke doing, exactly what Kylie does when she braids. 
Luke is weaving in stories. He's weaving in settings. He's weaving in characters. He's even weaving in passages from the Old Testament, um, this, the feelings that they bring, the theologies behind um, these connections that he's making. Each of the gospel writers do this, but we're studying Luke right now. And so what we're going to do and what I believe Luke is doing is specifically in chapters one through three is presenting these scenes where first you see John's conception story, the announcement from Gabriel, how Zachariah reacts, what is going on in that scene. And then it ends with the fact that Elizabeth then conceives, she becomes pregnant. Then it moves over. It's like change scene over to Jesus's conception story. So Gabriel comes to Mary. He tells Mary, she's going to have a child. You get Mary's reaction. And so, and then that scene, um, ends. And then you see that Mary then rushes, rushes. That's what the scripture says. She rushes to go and visit Elizabeth who is in her sixth month of pregnancy. So When Elizabeth is six months pregnant, Mary rushes to go see her because the angel had just told her that Elizabeth was pregnant. So so Mary rushes and you have this scene where John and Jesus are kind of in the same environment, but they're in utero. So they they don't actually see each other, Um, but John does react to the presence of Christ because he leaps in Elizabeth's womb. And then Elizabeth is filled with the spirit and she speaks this wonderful blessing over Mary and, and over like this woman, this, the, who God has chosen to carry the Messiah. And, uh, so what's neat is Elizabeth is basically doing what John will do once he's born. So you, then it cuts over to the new scene and the new scene is John then, and it's John's birth. And so we see John being born. And then there's this summation verse that talks about, you know, basically John grew up in stature and then he entered ministry. Then the scene cuts back over to Jesus, right? So Jesus then is born. And then we see a little bit of his childhood. We get to actually see more than we see of John's childhood. So we see that Jesus is born. And then we see that he, um, they, uh, basically the shepherds and the angels come on the scene and they end up finding out that Jesus has been born. They go and visit Mary. I mean, it's like very intimate, amazing scene. And then you see Jesus being dedicated in the temple. And what is great about that scene is you have Anna and Simeon. You have these two people who have been waiting for the birth of the Messiah. And when Jesus comes to be dedicated, he then is also like prophesied over by both Elizabeth. I mean, by both Simeon and Anna, uh, John has also been prophesied over by Zachariah. So it's just interesting. You have John being prophesied over by his father. And then you have two people coming when Jesus comes to the temple who have been waiting their whole life, uh, Jewish believers, uh, been waiting for the Messiah and they prophesy over Jesus. We have Simeon's words. We don't have Anna's. Then we have a little bit more of Jesus's childhood and you have two more times of Jesus than uh, where Jesus's childhood where Luke says Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God. And then in chapter three, there's this culmination of 
uh, John is out in the wilderness. He is teaching. He is baptizing. And Jesus shows up. And finally, you have this place where Jesus and John come together for the first time. Luke presents them together. John is already in ministry, like out in the wilderness, like actively baptizing. And Jesus comes to him and asks John to baptize him. And John says, I can't. And Jesus says, you must because you have to fulfill all the law and the prophets. So Jesus is baptized And in this moment, we have this declaration from God that Jesus, this is my son and who I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit has already come and descended. So it's just this, if you'll notice, I I drew this little, um, I used to use these uh, dry erase boards for homeschool with my kids. So I drew you this little outline. So the overarching um, connections. You have John, then Jesus, then Mary and Elizabeth, then you have John, then Jesus, and then you have John and Jesus. This might be backwards in this video. Oh, well, sorry. <laughs> it is. You can just read by and backwards. Um, but I'll have this in a lesson on my website and you guys can study it. I didn't even think about it being backwards, but all that to say, Luke has a reason for why he's going back and forth. He has a reason for bringing these characters in. He has a reason for even paralleling their stories in such similar matters, uh, manners. Have you ever noticed that Zachariah, um, when he has been given this announcement by Gabriel, has a very similar reaction to Mary, um, but there's a difference between the two. And what's interesting is they shed light on one another. Uh, even the prophecies of Simeon and Anna, they shine light on one another. Uh, the conception story of Zechariah and Elizabeth uh, is a throwback even to Abraham and Sarah. The conception story of Hannah then uh, comes into the picture as well from the Old Testament. And so there are all of these things below the surface that Luke is trying to show us that if we just look at the outside of the braid, we miss the underlying deep connections that can actually take us deeper into the scripture and show us some wonderful things. So this is what we're going to do. And the next few podcasts, we're going to talk about these deep connections. We're going to just walk through Luke one through three. We're going to talk about these characters. We're going to talk about what they, how they show us and illuminate one another. And really at the end of the day, what is happening is each scene, each transition, uh, the comparison between John and Jesus, uh, the parallels between Zachariah and, um, and Mary, uh, the conception story of Zachariah and Elizabeth being compared to Abraham and Sarah, all of these things speak to the identity of Christ. And it's showing us who he is. And Luke is trying to define why Jesus has come and what his purpose is. Um, Also, he's defining who John is and what his purpose is. But at the end of the day, what's interesting is John actually shines a lot of light on who Christ is as our Messiah and as our Savior. I hope this has been useful for you. This first lesson in our study of Luke. 
overarching connections in Luke 1 through 3. Let me tell you what you can look forward to. We're going to dive deep into chapters 1 through 3. We're going to talk about the connections. We're going to talk about um, connections of people, connections to the Old Testament, and what that shows us and tells us about Jesus. Uh, I cannot wait, and I hope you can't either. I'm trying to give you some little secrets for your big breakthrough in your Bible reading. Also, if you want to know um, what is going to be available and what I'm putting out there, be sure to follow me. You can either follow me at SharaKing99 on Instagram or at Overcoming Monday. I'll be announcing any materials that I'll have on my website, which you can use for your own study, uh, maybe downloadable uh, homework sheets or, uh, or maybe even written information. And then also uh, I will be letting you know when the next podcast is out, when the next teachings are available to you. So I hope you have a great day and I can't wait to see you next time.